3: Hi, welcome to Film Study. Uh, we're here for an episode again—a film study. We haven't had one of these in the do mostly draft topics and other things, but this is an interesting one. Uh, Brad Allen is with us against some of the best questions on Twitter. Brad, how you doing today? Doing great. How are you, Ken? Life's good. Uh, making it through the coronavirus okay here? Uh, hanging in there.
4: Tired of sitting in my office all day, but doing the best we can. All right.
3: Same deal here, pretty much. So uh, glad to hear that. So anyway, you had a question the other day on Twitter, and it came to me as a private message, and it's half a screen long in uh, on TweetDeck. It's uh, <laughs> you know, kind of a... Uh, Function there, but anyway, uh, what that is great question. Why don't you share it and we'll kind of talk through it?
4: Sure, uh, yeah, I do tend to send you pretty long questions, and sometimes that's why they come via private message because they're too long. But in essence, it boils down to we've talked a lot over the last several years, you have specifically about the Ravens being a strong right handed running team, and a lot of that has to do with what I understand. Marshall Yanda's unique skill set to be the pivot at the, you know, the table. So my question really is, does the fact that they run right so frequently limit their ability to be deceptive, and in turn limit the offense in some way? And then the next question is, will the Ravens continue to be right-handed going forward, given that Yanda is
3: retiring? Okay, let's start with the, 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 the question about the right-handedness and what it evolves from. I think it's really more a function of the skill sets of the tackles than of the uh, guards. So while Yanda could open the gate well and, and had the ability to, to manipulate that defensive tackle and turn him to pivot through the hole, I think it really comes down to what the tackles can do. Uh, Stanley, much quicker feet, able to get to level two or level three and help with blocks on that side. Um, Brown is a much more limited mobility, although he's not terrible. Certainly not as bad as we thought when we drafted him. His he down blocks usually when the run goes right, and then he moves up what I'll call it half a level to make a block, usually on a scraping linebacker to seal him as well. So it's kind of like a less challenging block for him to make. Stanley is is really good at not getting a lot of missed block scores because he moves into level two and level three and finds somebody to block, even if it's a cornerback. It, that's, how, that's how you turn a 20-yard run into a touchdown, is by taking care of that cornerback or that safety, if it's in the middle of the field, um, you know, with a, with a block that, that is not expected. So uh, the right-handed running, anyway, I think really uh, is, is a function more of the difference between Brown and Stanley than anything else. Now, that said, the Ravens run out of the pistol— so they're able to run either way. And you know, as it, as it goes to your level of deception, it's more deceptive if they run some to the left at least. And they have done that. You know, even last year, Yanda probably pulled uh, a couple of times per game, whereas the left guard was pulling, uh, you know, eight, nine times per game. That makes sense. I think my question stemmed
4: in a lot of ways listening to your draft recap. And a lot of the analysis about the Ravens, at least from the local community, is that they have big needs in the interior of the offensive line, especially with Yonda retiring. And they drafted two guys um, in the mid rounds, Mm -hmm. Bredesen and Tyree. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And neither of them slot in as day one starters, most likely. So, you know, my thinking was they've been grooming Powers to backfill Yonda, and part of the reason that we didn't see him much last year was not because of his skill set, but because they specifically wanted him to slot into that role and year, learn learn from Yonda. How likely do you think that is?
3: Yeah, I, I think that there could well be truth to that. And, you know, in going through the season, a lot of things, you know, we're, we're having to assume kind of what's going on behind the curtain because we're not allowed to practice during the season. And, you know, the coaches know what's going on with those players, how they're developing Uh, powers was not activated at any time during the season prior to week 17, when he, when he played 25 snaps against 29 snaps against the Steelers, but he looked good in those snaps at sharing that right guard position with uh, injure. But anyway, I thought that the, 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 as you go along, you think, well, why isn't he there? I think it was more a case of the Ravens wanted to make one-for-one positional switches when they made a change. So they'd activate seven linemen, and they wanted to make sure that if there was an injury, four of the five guys would stay at the same spot, and they'd only have to change one. So they had Hurst, who could sub in for either the guard or tackle if they went down, and they had McCarry, who could sub in at center. And in, in another game, they had Ronis Grassu active for a game, so he could sub in at center. I mean, it was it's it's fairly obvious what they're trying to do. Um, so anyway, I thought I, I don't think it was really a reflection on Powers, and it may well have been that all of last year they were anticipating his retirement and saying, "Hey, you got to get ready to play the spot, and we're we're going to teach you how to do it from the ground up," kind of thing.
4: Yeah, and yeah. I I think the fact that he did look good and didn't play. Uh, is, is a possible indication that that is in fact uh, what they're intending to do. And so, you know, that, that, that caused me to wonder if they were going to continue to be a dominant right-handed running team. Now, if what you're saying is true, that it's more based on the tackles and their skill set, you know, the tackle situation hasn't really changed at all. So we can likely expect them to continue to do a lot of what they've done in the past and be successful or... So given that, do you think really their prospects are in the interior? What you know, I mean, it's a long way from the season. It's a long. We don't even know if the season's going to start on time. But right now, where things sit, I mean, do you think it's likely that power slots in at right guard, or does something like them picking up Fluker and signing him yesterday does that maybe change some of those plans? And and what are your thoughts there?
3: I think. I mean, Fluker has been a starter his entire career, so it could very well change their plans. But if I had to guess right now on on the starting three in the middle, because I think we're, we're firm on the tackles, I think it'll stay as Bozeman and either Skura or McCary based on who's healthy and then probably powers at right guard based on him at least practicing there, we think for a full season. So I think that'll be the, the starting three of the starting five. Um, Fluker could come in. He's got very long arms, Uh, similar to Tyree Phillips in that regard But Fluker has some of the longest arms in NFL history, 36 and three quarter inches. Um, And, and he, he definitely could be a guy Oh, let me explain. Arm length is very helpful for getting the dictating the first contact, obviously with the opponent. But in the case of a guard, it, it might, and with big hands in particular, you can latch onto those armpits and develop the torque you need to pivot that defender, that defensive tackle, so you get him where you want him to open the open the gate. Yanda is actually able to do it with very short arms, but uh, but you know, longer armed uh, defensive offensive linemen are usually very good at it. So Flicker, uh you know, with 36 and three quarters, probably the longest arms in in Ravens history. I have to check Jonathan Ogden again, but. Uh, he he could well be suited to that, and Tyree Phillips also very long arm. So they've got a couple choices there who are not powers, who would make sense for other reasons.
4: Yeah, it was, was- interesting. And
3: in, in preparation
4: for this this discussion, I went and did some did some homework of my own, and went and pulled up Fluker's uh, you know draft projections when he was coming out, and they actually say in one of the um, analyses that I read that he is a less athletic Andre Smith. Which um, is, <laughs> sure. is kind of interesting. Yeah.
3: yeah, I don't. I don't expect Andre Smith to make the team at this at this point. I mean, obviously the 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 way that he makes the team is if they really believe he has some value at tackle to a greater degree than players like Fluker or Tyree Phillips, who might be an emergency kind of a tackle. I think even if they had all three of those guys, they really wouldn't have their problem solved. They really need a, a guy with better feet than any of them who can step in at left tackle in an emergency. And Stanley is the guy who's missed some time each year. So, uh, you know, I think that's probably what they'll what they'll still be looking for. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, uh,
4: maybe an interesting thing
3: to think about or
4: in listening to your draft analysis pod, you talked a lot about the draft capital the Ravens spent at inside linebacker. And last year we lamented, Uh, throughout the season that Powers wasn't active and they were uh, making Grassu and Inger active in place, likely because of their positional flexibility. You know, while they were below average at any of those positions, the fact that they were flexible allowed the Ravens to uh, activate fewer linemen going into a game. So perhaps with them drafting Queen, um, drafting the kid from Ohio State at inside linebacker, they won't have to platoon as much in that role, and it will allow them to keep more offensive linemen active on game day to have a little bit more flexibility.
3: Yeah, there there may be a deactivation. I think you're going to stay with seven offensive linemen, but the, there are new rules that require an offensive lineman to be active. So I think they may, it may actually require eight now, and mm-hmm. one of them is the last resort guy, kind of like the third quarterback. Um, but I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure about that. It's it's uh, I think the, the, the tendency will be to stick with seven offensive linemen linebackers are where a lot of their special teams players come from. So it's not necessarily that they really want him to play linebacker like Chris Board probably won't see the field defensively very much this field. But this year, but they need him for special teams. So they'll they'll uh, you know, have him for that. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how it works out. I'm um, uh, you know, the, the situation on the line is is very fluid. I don't know, you know if they'll want to make Bozeman the backup center this year. They could even make Bozeman the center. They could make Bredesen the center if uh, they think he's ahead of where McCarry is. Bredesen, very short-armed, by the way. Mm-hmm. You, you, I know you know all I've been saying about McCary's short arms. Bredesen, 31 and 1/8 inch arms, a full half-inch shorter than McCary, who's it's been a very limiting factor for. It's, his, his arm length has been a real serious problem. So – uh, your question is, where do you minimize that problem in the NFL? And I think center might be the answer in terms of, of doing that. And he's a good stunt and blitz picker, uh, picker upper, I'll say. And that, that plays well with the Ravens need to have somebody yeah. who's good at that in the inside. Just out of curiosity, do
4: you know offhand what Yonda's arm length was? Uh,
3: I, I don't, but it was not exceptional. It was short.
4: Yeah, I, I remember the famous quote about him is, "Your coach is going to hate him in shorts, but put the pads on." Different story. So we'll miss him.
3: Uh, Brad, appreciate you joining us today. Now let's let's talk about where people can find your work and on Twitter. I mean, you're you're very active in the Twitterverse, right? Yeah, more active during football season. Uh,
4: my handle is mcbradley. Uh, was one of the early Twitter users, so got my choice of handles. Um, don't do a whole lot of analysis like some of your typical guests, but I like to discuss and engage in, in a conversation around why the team may make a decision that they make and what it might mean
3: about their strategy. That's really what I really enjoy. Some of the best conversation on Twitter. Make sure you give, uh, Brad a follow and, uh, include him in your lists and groups. And, and I think you'll, uh, appreciate the fact you did anyway. Thanks again, Brad, for joining us. If you're out there and you want to do a film study short, this is all we require. Just a nice, easy exchange, conversational. Nobody's trying to embarrass anybody. Love for to have you on. In particular, we've had some good work recently. We're going to post one uh, that will be on, on the board already by the time this gets up about draft capital allocation. I think is very well done. So if you have uh, a work or analysis of that type, love to have you on. All right, thanks again, Brad. And we'll see you next time on Film Study. Thanks, Ken.
1: Birdland Sports, for fans, by
2: fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.